Welcome back to another episode of Endurance Icons. It's Mark and Jess, and it is a host episode today. So we're going to start with news. There's a heck of a lot happening in the world of triathlon. Mark, what's uh, some of the highlights? We are in the thick of it. Championship season. Oh man, there's been some good races. They've all been European time, which has sucked. So I've had to be up at 3 a.m. all the time watching them or 70.3 worlds. I was watching in the middle of the night, got relegated to the spare room. Relegated? No, full disclosure. Like we are sleeping in separate bedrooms right now, only so Mark can get up at 3.30 and watch his his races. His races are races for the love of triathlon. Come on. I am prioritizing sleep and then watching all of the highlights when I wake up. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had Tromblon weekend, but that weekend was Singapore PTO race, which was, uh, man, that venue looked so cool, it but beautiful. It, it looked so, I heard the water was like 32 degrees. Oh, that is hot. Yes. Hot, yes, hot, it hot. Is. Yeah. Guys said they were just cramping and like blowing up after the swim pretty wild. Um, but Christian Blumenfeld finally got his PTO win. He's been waiting so long for He's working hard for that one. Jan was not there. So Jan would have beat up on him. I'm sure. Um, and then Ash Gentle dominated. Um, but I think the story coming out of that is just everybody got what they're calling Singapore belly. So they were just like on the toilet for like days and days. So And what were they saying was causing that? Um, I would assume probably water quality, but yeah. hard to say. Like, I don't know. I didn't hear much from the women's side of things, but women are also tougher than men. So yeah. um, guys like to complain. So who knows? Um, yeah, I don't know if it was water quality or something they ate or something along those lines. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but then last that same weekend, I'm pretty sure it was, was that's where they had that Ironman Ireland. Where oh my gosh. The videos of that. Oh. Yeah, no, so I sent that to you. It's like water, like waves dashing against the rock, and swimmers are entering the water. Like I have no idea how as a race organizer you look at that and say, Absolutely, we're gonna keep the swim. Yeah, they so they had a full and a half distance there, and they'd cut the full distance one to a 1.9. But either way, that swim should not have happened. No, it just, like, shouldn't have happened, period. With the video that was posted, like, you can actually see swimmers being thrown back on the rocks. Yeah. Like, I'm not surprised that people died. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised more didn't. And you heard, like, that whole, um, so Iron Man let it happen. Um, saying they had the triathlon Ireland sanction on it and then like apparently a couple hours later triathlon Ireland said they wouldn't sanction the race but it was after it already happened (laughs) there's no take backsies on one like that no holy no my face was saying a lot for those of you who are watching video but and hopefully somebody gets reprimanded for that one because that's really reprimanded big words yeah (laughs) bad um, but yeah, last weekend was another awesome one, 70.3 worlds, and it's wild how different the men's and the women's races went. Mm-hmm. So women's race kind of played out a little bit more typical. Taylor Nib just off the front dominating. What Ton- a weapon. Tons of drafting, which got penalties called, which was I think really good. It worked out well in the women's race because some of those were warranted based on what I saw in the uh video, but then Men's race was totally different the next day uh, with one, two, three Germans. Rico Bogan, never even heard the name before that, takes the win out. No, I know. And it was interesting. I think um, Freddie Funk posted 
on Instagram. So he came second. Congratulations. Um, Yeah. Um, If you haven't go back and listen to his episode, it was a really great conversation with him. Um, But he posted something about, you know, there's been a lot of people criticizing the male field at Worlds, just saying that it's soft and that just because of the fact that they hadn't heard of some of the top people. And I just think that that's so, um, it's such a negative way to look at it. Like this is the next guard that's taking over. And it also diminishes their incredible accomplishment. Like the times were ridiculous. Yeah. 332, I think you went. Right. I just, I think it's such an unfair thing to say that like the top talent didn't show up did it you, absolutely did did you see Jan Ferdino like commented on somebody was bashing like that in the comments saying like oh weak field like anybody could have won that one Jan Ferdino says like dude like whoever shows up on they can't control who shows up on the day those guys ripped it and went 332 it's not like they went over four hours or something in the pro race like they still flew and would have been hard for anybody to beat on any day like Yeah, I'm just disappointed in the sportsmanship around that because like a win is tremendous. And the idea of taking that away from Bogan in any way, like if anything, we should be absolutely celebrating that such an incredible newcomer is is taking a title in the sport. And the cool thing was like all those guys targeted this race for a reason is like a lot of them first didn't get into PTO races. So like, are you expecting christian and sam long to actually be good by the time they get here they've done so much racing lately like this is a almost a b race for them so when those guys show up at full gas yeah they're gonna probably crush you on that day yeah it was like our podcast with jim vance where he was saying it's really hard to pick a day on the calendar and so a lot of the pto guys have been crushing it but it's really hard to show up 100 percent for every race yeah. it's just a fact yeah, there and the cool thing was there was actually because it was a world champs like some pretty good money in there, so like it was it could have been as big of a priority as PTO race for uh, people because they would have got similar money there and a world championship to your name. So no, it was tremendous. It was so like such great racing to watch. Although there was a total spectacle around Lionel. <laughs> yeah, so Lionel got DQ'd for crossing an imaginary middle line. How are you feeling about this? <laughs> Like, how can you do that? Let's unpack. Yeah, there's no actual line there. Like, you can't, you can't call that. You you can't imagine a line. (laughs) So, like, on one hand, like you said, I really appreciate the amount of of, um, penalties that were given out because it shows that they are adhering to the rules and that they're following it and keeping the sport fair. Um, But I think where it's so unfair is, number one, imaginary line, which is in my mind, bogus. Yeah, when you saw Christian on a video cross an actual yeah. line. <laughs> and that was the second point of this. It's <laughs> like, <do> it. yeah, <laughs> it's just the fact that someone else did and they he was able to finish. So I don't know. I'm disappointed that this happened to Lionel. I don't think that it's fair. I think that his social reaction to it was very classy. Yeah. Um, and He I was think- having a good race too. Yeah, I think he was yeah. up in the top 10 at that point. Like maybe he wouldn't have won because there was a big pack of six off the yeah. front, but he could have been in the mix for like a top five and on the drafting front, like how the heck is Iron Man not adopted a race ranger yet? Like maybe it's, it can't be that friggin' expensive for like how important it is for this racing, especially like the 12 meter draft zone. It's like, you get so much benefit from that. I just love how deep people are going with this. Like I'm seeing like Google earth, screenshots of the road like <laughs> that Lionel was on yeah and it's just like a small little country road yeah. like yeah hilarious 
Um, all right, upcoming, we got two big full distance world championships, which are going to be awesome to watch. So yeah. uh, Ironman world champs in Nice coming up to first. So there's some, we got Jan there. That's his like final big race. How cool would this be if Jan Ferdino goes out by winning the Ironman world championship in his last race? Who do you think is going to win it? Do you think he will? I honestly, I want him to win but i actually think he has a very good chance of winning too it being like a technical course he showed good form at milwaukee like but i also think similar to 70.3 worlds there's a lot of europeans that have been playing at stealth um there's like a the french guy clement mignon who's really good there's like a sam laidlow rudy vonberg who are all like very good technical riders that i don't think drafting is going to play as much of a factor in this race so like there's going to be some gaps off the bike that are going to be tough to close on the run. I think Jan is going to win for no other reason other than that I absolutely love him and I think he. Why do you love him so much? Because he's ridiculously handsome for starters. All right, I'm glad you're honest. <laughs> he's very talented, and he just like he's just the man. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's a goat for a reason. Like even when he's running, he's like, you know the man so suave yeah. so cool you can't argue with any of not those even points. breaking a sweat yeah that's yeah. man crush for sure he's yeah cools. oh i have a girl crush yeah. just full-on crush he's we just, love yonara he's just so cool he is he is he has been he's given so much to the sport and it's been so fun yeah even just the classy way in which he's retiring um, yeah i don't think i i hope he stays very attached to the sport like he actually did a great job i thought commentating at challenge roth like yes. he started off a little stiff and then once he just became himself up there like he was so good so hopefully he does like broadcasting for years to come because man who knows that sport better than that guy no triathlon's been such a big part of his life i can't see yeah. him just stepping away yeah but he's a, he's an entrepreneur he has his like uh coffee shop in girona and like runs races and stuff like that so but i think he'll yeah he'll want to stay attached in some way shape or form totally cool um you want to talk about our big days in tremblant we both had a good one there Yes, we did. Yeah. Let's oh, I guess in. I forgot about one other world champs coming up, but you're racing yeah, at it. So like, I figured we jump were jump over Kona. I figured we were gonna get to it at the end of yours. So that's okay. all right. But, all but right. we have there's also Kona coming up in six weeks that is gonna be wild as well. Oh, just um, just Kona. Any predictions for that one, ladies wise? Oh Cat Matthews just showed some serious form at seventy point three worlds coming second with the fastest run split or second fastest. Tamara had the fastest one. Yeah. I would have my money on Cat. I think she, I think she's capable, and I also love the fire that she's bringing to yeah. it. Like you can see that Kona's in her crosshairs. She's, this, she's going. I hard. honestly think of those top five, it could go anyway between like Daniela, Cat, Lucy, Anne, and Chelsea. Like I don't know if we've had a better women's world championship field, and hopefully they all make it there in one piece. But it is going to be so epic. I'm going to be part like fanboying so hard on the side of that road. Yeah, I think that that's the saddest part about racing it is that I can't watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to be yelling at you as you're broken after like, the hour. That's where I am. <laughs> Who won? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so let's talk about your race. So you just did an Ironman. Oh, yes, I did. Firstly, how are you feeling? Um, So it's been actually really cool. So my Garmin... Uh, I've never like Garmin metrics can be kind of weird, but I've actually, I was looking at the other day at my HRV cause I always wear my watch during the day and night, just take it off to charge for like an hour here and there. 
And my HRV actually showed almost exactly how I was feeling systemically through the whole entire time, like the days that I felt the worst. And as I started to come back, it's actually crazy, like how accurate it was. So like I had, I was really sore the first couple of days after for probably two or three days, um, like muscularly very sore and still kind of riding the high of the day. And then uh, systemically, I was just broken for like three days into kind of the weekend. I know you were grumpy. I know. Um, the one thing, it's very nice to see that you have faith in at least one wearable. Mark, for those of you who don't know him, has a very strong stance against most wearables in terms of feeling uh, that they're not overly accurate. And uh, his coaching philosophy is really how do you feel um, and really making sure you're connected to your body rather than having um, a piece of technology tell that for you. So I think it's interesting that you're so impressed by Garmin um, because I know uh, just retroactively I had bought you a Whoop and paid for a subscription. I ended up just needing to give it away because... You were just so annoyed with the lack of accuracy. Yeah, it was the it wasn't this. Yeah, the accuracy was weird on it, but it just like I didn't feel like it was really giving me the value for what. Yeah, the debt, what it was telling me on that. So yeah, it just wasn't for me. Yeah, but this HRV has us. been very cool. Like to see that, like it showed a huge dip and was wrecked after that Ironman, as I was wrecked. So whew, yeah, what true. a day. So let's talk about going into the race. Talk a little bit about how you trained yourself and uh, sort of mindset. Yeah. So nice thing was we had a run block early in the year. So I was definitely going to focus more on swim and bike, especially in this final block. So I really only knew I was doing the full about, what was it, two months out once 70.3 Tromblon got canceled. So really just put in an Ironman block after that. And got up and did a couple solid weeks in the like probably a four week block in the like 18 to 20 hour range. And that's like the first years I've really done a big block there. Like past years I've done whatever 14 to 16, 16 to 18. But this year I felt I had earned the right to at least attempt that that uh, sort of amount of hours. Mm -hmm. And this was the first year where even like the long rides, I could just hold power to the end. I was nailing nutrition on it and felt super strong. And like I was absorbing every workout, which was really cool. I was probably spending like 10 to 12 of those hours on the bike, which was really important and really paid off in the race. And then swim wise, I was spending about 10 K a week of swimming, which was yeah, two and a half, three hours of swimming. And I felt like that was really making a big difference in like 10k like even the 4k swims were just not taking much out of me as well and I was flying in the pool so it was like you were flying yeah it was one of those blocks that like could not have gone more perfectly that you almost sit there and you're like I'm just gonna have a crap race aren't I like I that's not the mindset I brought into it but sometimes you know you can have the perfect block and sometimes when it's so perfect then sometimes you just have an unlucky race day but I was lucky to not lucky. I was glad that I was able to put on the performance I had trained for and that I felt like I was capable of, which was really exciting. We go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, days leading in felt really good. Uh, did my usual like carb load to like 10 grams of carbs per kilogram of body weight. So like 700 grams day before lots of pop tarts and juice and pancakes and waffles and maple syrup. It was glorious. Yeah. You were just eating all day. You were like elf. Yeah, it was delicious. And sodium loading and watching PTO. It was yes. really glorious. We had such a great little spot just out of town. So yeah. it was it was really chill. Like I, there was no real stress leading into the race, which was nice. No, it was a very relaxed vibe in the house, yeah. which was great. 
I feel like we've just started to foster that for races. Like I remember our first couple, it would be this like big panic going on. And now I think we realize just a nice calm environment the days before the race yields our best results. Yeah, we were in a Airbnb that had DVDs. I haven't watched DVD in ages. <laughs> <laughs> and what one in our vote off, Shallow Hell. Oh my gosh, I, that is an abysmal movie. It's bad. I had never seen it before and I'm like, don't watch it. it like, Shallow it's, it's terrible. Hell. Legendary it's, movie. No, it's, it's disgusting. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Um, okay. So let's get into your race. Yeah. Um, so the swim, talk us through that. What a start to the day. Holy. Yeah. I felt like I was going to swim well in this, but did not think I was going to swim quite this well. I ended up swimming 5630, which was like close to a 10 minute swim PB in an Ironman, which it's was just so fast. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had not even arrived at the venue when you'd gotten out of the water. Like I, I like squealed. Yeah, I was really fired up from that. Yeah, right when I looked down at my watch and I got in like a really good pack. There was about four of us that swim together for most of it. And I honestly think I probably had another minute that I might have lost at the end by losing this pack. We had come up on one of the pro females who started, I think they started 10 minutes before us, uh, five or 10 minutes. And yeah, I, I realized I'm like, why am I swimming? Like, why does it feel so easy suddenly? And then I looked up and it was like a purple cap and it was one of the slower pro female swimmers. I'm like, damn it look up and my pack is just like 30 meters ahead and I'm like well that sucks and they must have put like a minute into me so like what do I do to swim 56 minutes how did you get a 10k or 10 minute pb yeah so I shared on instagram uh some of my key tips there that I think made a huge difference for me so like when I started triathlon I actually could not swim like one length of the pool if you remember our friend Todd had to teach oh, me how to this. breathe in the pool like I was dying after one length. And then once I learned how to breathe, I could go a little more continuous after that. Uh, but yeah, it's been definitely years of like figuring stuff out. The helpful part about being a coach is you're like immersing yourself in so many things and like watching so many videos and reading so yeah. many things to swim as a coach is probably my weakness in an area that I'm looking to learn so much more in. So I feel like I learned a lot there. It was just when was it going to apply? Uh, but we do master's swim, which is such a nice way to get like an hour and a half in a long four plus K a lot of times. That's a coach session. You're forced to do a lot of other drills and things like that. Some other stroke stuff that maybe you wouldn't do. Uh, one of the things I got really good at was like pull and paddles yeah. with pull that I could just rip like 125s with no effort for like long sets at that. And I felt like that on race day was just huge because I barely had to use my legs. Like it was just a little two beat kick to kind of hold my body position. But like the wetsuit does most of that for you. So I felt like that was massive. Just getting 10K a week, the masters, and then the paddle pull strength was huge. And like I really doubled down on that in the last couple of weeks after our Jim Vance episode, actually, because he had mentioned like so much around how important that like heavy muscle recruitment was in the pull phase. And that you do a strength. So, man, it paid off. It's funny that that was your takeaway from our conversation with Jim because I, mine was like just about length, but you have been hammering my strength lately. So, yeah, man, it was, yeah, it, it, that was the first race where I got in a good pack. The nice thing is when you're swimming that speed, you're almost like swimming with collegiate swimmers at yes. that point. Like there's not that many people around. So you can actually like draft, get in good packs, and it's not that hectic. Um, but yeah, I would go by buoys and I'm like, 
we are friggin flying like i've never had that before where buoys are just like coming so fast and like you go by them and look and it's just like zipping by and i'm like okay something exciting is happening yeah it really was i was so happy for you yeah what a swim and you were fifth in your age group out of the water yeah fifth in my age group out of the water and then yeah through transition i always pride myself on being one of the fastest transitions instantly through transition i was first overall in my age group and like sixth overall in the race instantly from 18th and fifth in my age group to sixth overall and first in my age group right away one of the things that mark always says to the athletes at lp endurance is he's like our athletes do not lose the race in transition and we do lots of transition clinics because that's it it is such an easy win like even for my race and i know we'll get to that but i i went into t1 and there was just people like ambling and like you just like I did a decent swim. So I'm like, you must, you just swam fairly fast. And now you're just like taking it all in. <laughs> I know all that effort you put to rip the swim. Like now you've just given all of that time away to somebody slower swimmer than you. Like yes. take that advantage. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we must be in different races here, friend. That's all right. Maybe we don't need to give the tips. I'll just take my free one to two minutes on both transitions on people and like. <laughs> Hey, I've won races over people who have gone faster than me in all three disciplines just because of transitions in the past. So like, you think it doesn't matter. It does. It does. So then you're, you had a really good uh, T1 and then you're on the bike. What was your strategy going into the bike? Yeah. So my main part was to bite. Like I knew I was going to end up going out a little bit strong. It just naturally happens. You're like riding the high of a a good swim and you're going to go out a little bit hard on it. But my goal was to really be even between the two loops. The one of the big takeaways I had from 2018 when I did Tromblon had not a very good day there was I just faded so hard on the back part of the bike. And I was probably like 10 or 15 minutes slower on my second loop there. And I knew for a fact people were going to bleed time on that second loop. So it took everything in my power because I was having a big battle with uh, another member of our club, Sergio, who's a really good biker and was about five minutes down off the swim. So I knew he was going to be charging hard, but I just had to stick to my guns. So I was so fuel wise, I was aiming for like 60 grams of the pH mix an hour and then another 30 grams of the gel. So that would get me like 90 grams an hour, a thousand milligrams of sodium. And then I was just crushing water to go with that. And yeah, the first loop felt great in control. I was like 225 normalized power on that one. And Sergio caught me right at the end of that loop. And he was still looking strong there, but I also remember him mentioning and training a few times. Oh, I usually start to get tired around the three hour mark. So we went through the half. He was like 230. I was 235. And I just kind of stuck to my guns in the second half, started to get a little bit of a dip, but then I took a caffeine pill, felt a little weird for like five minutes after that, because these things are potent. And then once it like settles, then you're just like ripping again. And I was really strong in that loop and he put like a minute into me, but then it just stopped going out. And then I was able to catch up to him on that loop and ended up putting in like two or three minutes to him. So it was crazy. I ended up biking the two loops, like 535 or two 35 and 237 so I was within two minutes of each other and within 10 watts on both loops so like it was the first time I finished an Ironman bike leg where I didn't want to just burn my bike and never see it again I was like oh, I would keep riding this right now like I actually enjoyed that ride and it's one thing when you nail nutrition and pacing you actually feel good till the end of it so that was quite exciting yeah that's a big deal 
Yeah. And I, oh man, I wrote so much faster than I did even in Wisconsin a couple of years ago. I, I was, I pushed like 50 Watts more than I did in Wisconsin a couple of years ago. It's been so impressive to watch your growth in this sport. Sometimes I don't even focus on that portion because you, you spend so much of your time helping other people elevate, but like you have really, really improved. This has been a year when I posted those goals at the start of the year, I hit all three of them now. So I need to pick another one from Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. I got the sub one, the got the sub one nineteen half, and then I got the sub two fifty marathon and then the sub 10 Ironman. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, I, I didn't hit my marathon goal. I, I, I'm reflecting. I think I, I said, do the race I know I'm capable of. I didn't set an actual time mm-hmm. for this one. Elusive. Yes. <laughs> um, th- I will, I will set more specific ones next year. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The run. Yeah. So went out on the run and it was fun. I got to run with uh, Nicole Falcaro, who was doing her first Ironman. She's on team RTS. So we've had a bunch of uh, members of that squad on with us with Tamara and Jackson and that crew. Yeah. I met her at the end of the race and she is lovely. She is so like, nice. Yeah. I don't know how she had so much energy to just be like such a wonderful human yeah, being. She but... ran like 310 off the bike too. Like yeah. just, yeah, we ran the first about 5k together on kind of the rollers and we're just kind of chatting about things and bantering and I felt pretty good I was out a little bit hard so I just kind of let her go at that point um so I was through the first half I felt pretty in control I think I was like 135 so I was running like 430 pace which about was my kind of goal pace for the run and then second loop I was still feeling good for about 7k into the second loop but then I started getting some like twinges in both my calves so one in my upper right calf one in my lower left calf And it was one of those, like, I was still running well, but I was afraid if I, like, pushed hard on it, especially every time there was, like, a little uphill, that it would just do, like, a full seize on me, and then I knew I would bleed a lot of time. I had been told off the bike I was second in my age group, but I knew there was a guy running really well behind me, so I wanted to at least give myself a chance and not try and go all in on it. Um, But yeah, then I started to get those twinges, so I just had to walk through every aid station, and I'm crush like a bunch of coke uh, red bull gatorade through each of the aid stations and i don't know if it was the fuel or just walking through them that helped me kind of um give myself a little grace time before it would kind of happen again so yeah i was still able to run like 435 440 between the stations but then i would have to walk every aid station so i bled a fair amount on the second half so i bled like eight minutes on the second half and then came in at like 318 but yeah huge pb i ended up 935 sixth overall third in the age group and that was a 49 minute pb that is so huge (laughs) i'm not gonna enjoy those many more times so i'm gonna soak that one in i can't wait till i do a flat course yeah that wasn't a flat course though which was exciting no i know but i was saying i think i canada was a pretty recent results so i think the only way i'm going to get a big pb is on a flat course but you have maryland coming up yeah a couple weeks um yeah i need some potential kona redemption here i just want to qualify for it like doing the race itself doesn't excite me so much but now it's like the male ironman kona qualification is so like competitive these days that it makes it like that much more exciting to try and go after like i ended up being the highest finisher in the race that didn't get a slot because there was 
I think in our age group, we had like five or six of the top 10. Like it was so competitive. Then there was only two slots in the age group. Did we talk through how you finished in your placing? Um, I'm not I don't sure. Think we did. Yeah. So you were sixth overall for the whole race. You were third in your age group. Sixth overall male. There was male. A, some, there was four or five female pros, I think, that beat me. Sixth overall male and third in your age group and no Kona slot. Womp womp. Yeah, <laughs> the ultimate womp. Whatever. It is what it is. I put together the best race I could on the day, and whoever shows up shows up. So we'll do it all again in Maryland in a couple weeks if my blisters ever heal up, and we'll go again and maybe get some free time on the bike and see what happens. And this might be an unfair thing to say, but I think like the shine of Kona is that it's so hard to qualify for. Like mm -hmm. the joy of Kona is the journey of getting there. So. I'm proud of your race. You did an amazing job. It's the close, but definitely the closest I've ever gotten the first time I've really been in the mix for it. So yeah. it's exciting. I, I know it'll come eventually. So it's, I know what it takes to get there now. And I just know I need to be a little bit better. So, so what are your tactics going into Maryland? Um, for recovery and because this is a tight turnaround. Yeah. So four weeks. So last week I took a couple days off, didn't run at all. I still haven't ran just cause I want to heal up those blisters and not, uh, push it. But this week I've started to introduce a little bit more intensity. I'll do probably a slightly longer effort this weekend on the bike. Still not going to do much in the way of long running. And then next week, again, kind of a solid intensity week, not too much volume, and then it'll be taper again. So it's more about just trying to hold on to the fitness of Tromblon versus trying to really like build anything in there. Like yeah, if, I, building anything. if I can come there with the same fire I did for Tromblon, the same fitness level, like it's going to yield a good result just off the course being so much flatter, like which has its own challenges. I'm not underestimating that, but the bike itself should potentially be 25, 30 minutes quicker for the same power. And hopefully you're out there for less time less burning up the hills that maybe you can run a little bit better off it too and then just please give me close to the same swim again and I will be delighted so immediately it was the night of the race um, <laughs> he, he's saying to me and and with all seriousness I will add he's like I'm not going to race Maryland I'm going to do the swim and a bike and then I'm going to cheer and I just looked at him. And I said, that is not going to age well. Yeah. And sure enough, by the next morning, there was fire in his eyes. He was excited. He's like, oh, I'm excited for Maryland. I'm going to crush it. Yeah. So. How quickly we forget. Because holy, that second loop, probably the last 15K of that run, I went to some deep, dark places. Like the a couple people, a lot of people who know me in races, like knowing that back half, I'm just like going to like full, just locked in intensity zombie mode where like, you could be waving an inch in front of my face and I'm like, all my energy is just focused on moving forward. So I was there and it felt like that 15K felt like five hours. Like it was so long and so just grinding it out to hold pace. So well, I know you were grinding it out because he was vomiting into a, a T1 bag in the award ceremony for the half. Yeah, <laughs> that happens to me after every Ironman. It's right true. of passage. <laughs> it's true. Your body, your body, you're getting really good at Ironmans, but your body still doesn't really love them. I know my body hates them. And that's why I'm like, oh, I just shouldn't do this again. And I'm like, all right, screw it. <laughs> it's only two hours of horribleness at after the race and an hour and a half during. So whatever, four hours of suffering. Is that all? No guts, no glory. Let's go. You know what? Um, 
you and I had this conversation shortly after the Iron Man, like, and we'll shift into talking about the half, but it's such a different feeling at a finish line of a half um, than a full. The sense of accomplishment you have, how deep you need to dig in a full, it's so, so different than what you need to do in a half. Like, it's not, it's almost like it's a completely different sport. Totally. You learn so much about yourself in an Ironman. It's yeah. like a bit cliche to say, but holy, you, yeah, your body is just yelling at you to stop. And you get that a bit and a half, but not for that long in an Ironman. There's so many ups and downs in that same day where you just like, I think Nicole Falcaro was saying it in an RTS post they just had today of like, yeah, you may feel good for a minute in an Ironman, but just remember, it's not going to last long. Like, no. <laughs> but also if you feel bad, you know, that can pass too. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's such a special distance. There's nothing I have ever done that compares to the experience of doing an Ironman. Yeah. And I admire everyone who can finish an Ironman. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to dig. Oh yeah. You like in the training and the racing, you just got to get so mentally tough and if you're not ready right. for a friggin' hard day like don't even bother showing up no. it's gonna you can have the best of days out there and it is still the hardest friggin' day yes 100 <laughs> percent. yeah so if anybody thinks they're gonna float through an ironman it's very rare to happen you know in my head i've floated through ironmans but i know i didn't yeah you still had to go to the well in some yeah. way, shape, or form. It's true. Anyways, enough about me. How did your 70.3 Tremblant go? How was your prep maybe leading into it and your mindset going into the race? So I'm I'm trying to, I'm just going to say it because I was like, this sounds really horrible, but I this wasn't in any race. That You know how Jim was saying that, you know, you can only really put all of your eggs in one basket mm-hmm. for so many races. Um Kona is my focus. So this was meant to be a really good tune-up. So in terms of headspace, I really wasn't focusing on it that much. Like I knew I was doing it, but I didn't overthink it. It was, I I didn't put like full focus and attention on it. Um, I took it seriously, but it wasn't central to my focus or thoughts like Kona is. So I went with the whole attitude of, I'm going to have fun. Um, I decided to pick a word. Um, so the day before I had an intention of, you know, a centralized word for the race. And the word for me was joy. I said, no matter what, I'm going to have joy. Um, I'm so happy that we're going to be able to go forward with it. Cause I was so sad when it was canceled earlier. I love the Trombla course. It's absolutely beautiful. We had so many people from our uh, team that were racing. Um, so I was just going in feeling very relaxed, um, feeling very prepared because you have had me on more of an Ironman training block. So I really feel like I haven't had a chance to practice my half Ironman speed. So while I always have high expectations of myself to hit what I can, I wasn't very confident in like being able to operate at warp speed because we hadn't been training that system. But I was excited. I I was expecting a really good day. Joy, eh? Joy. I'm going to pick a more aggressive word, like <laughs> hammer or send it. <laughs> hey, um, I think I, I forget what my word for Canada was, but it was something like equally happy and like rainbows and butterflies. So all I'm saying is it works for me. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Joy. Um, And did you have some goals or like things you wanted to accomplish maybe in some of the disciplines? So this was tough, Um, but very loosely, I wanted to PB the swim. 
because like the swim has been something like you that I've been working very, very hard at because my bike is strongish and my run is very strong. So if I can get my swim up, I'm more in the race, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then I have never ran to my full potential in a half Ironman. So that was my goal in this one as well. Um, and you wanted to do sub 130, right? I did want to do sub 130. Just, just got it. <laughs> um, so yeah, take, run me through swim, bike, run. How did they play? So in the morning, it's funny. It's funny because like my headspace was around your Ironman. Um, and so we were tracking you the morning of on the way to the race. So I had my phone right up until like probably 10 minutes before we went in the water. Oh, nice. Um so tracking you and it was so special to be able to get your 56 minute split and it was like I got like tears pricking my eyes I was so excited and I was like oh my god and like that kind of fired me up because I'm I'm like okay I need to go quickly race so I can jump back in and see how he's doing um and it was almost like you doing so well sort of inspired me to go out and have the best day that I could um so to be honest we there was a there was um some re like rerouting of the roads because the iron man was going on um so we were almost late for the race um i think allison um my teammate and i we got down to the water with like almost five minutes to spare um and we actually quickly threw ourselves in the water to get um body temperature down because i find that i'm more likely to panic um or have heart rate spike so we um like the national anthem was going as we were walking up to the front of the race you had instructed us to seed fairly high um or fairly close to the front um so we probably were about eight to nine rows back um and then once the race started um the beginning of the swim was rocky for me i felt like i wasn't hitting my groove i was really disappointed in myself i felt like i was wasting a lot of time um and i've got to tell you um it took probably about 500 meters till i felt like i really started you know, finding open water, swimming clear lines. Um, and the rest of the swim went well. Um, and all of the cues that we've been working really hard at um, was a big benefit. But I genuinely thought that I was going to have swim like my standard 34 minutes. Um, so I was overjoyed when I had what I felt like was a really terrible swim. And I was swimming 3130. So for me, that shows marked improvement and that I have a big opportunity to go even faster because I wasn't even drafting like I should have. Yeah, I feel like you can definitely go 30 or under. Yeah, so improvement, like I'm I'm feeling and I, my times in the water are getting faster and faster. Like they're showing that I'm getting there. Um, so I was, I was pleased with my um, swim, but I know that I can do better. Yeah, because you've been doing a lot of the same work as me of like getting close to 10K yeah. a week, being consistent at three or four swims yep. a week. And it's going to pay off for you. Now, essentially, your bad swim there is like what I was swimming last year. So yeah. like you're going to make that that step and it's going to come. Yeah, I, I and I believe that because if you would have told me even three years ago that this would be like a bad day swim, I would have been overjoyed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you just need to focus on how how far you've come we're becoming swimmers yeah slowly Woo-hoo. and you know what the biggest change for me is i'm liking swimming i know it that actually is... is fun i enjoy going yeah. to the pool it's wild yeah um okay bike transition first and then bike yeah transition was fine um smooth um you have me doing flying mounts so um i find that those are quite quick so hopped on the bike and i think the most surprising for me 
and this is where my swim strength is showing is that normally I need about 10 K to, um, stop feeling dizzy, get my power up, get some nutrition in. But what shocked me is like, I was actually overpower and feeling awesome right away. Yeah. I actually, now that you say that, I feel like I've noticed that too recently as you used to need some like settle time and now it's just like, boom. Yeah. I was hitting power (laughs) immediately and I was feeling really good. And what was exciting, and I did take a bit of a risk um, because I was biking probably like five to 10 watts over power, um, but I was feeling so good and so easy that I decided to settle in there. And this is where your coaching of listening to your body, not just being a slave to numbers helped because I said on this day, riding five to 10 watts higher feels right. So I went with it and I rode five to 10 watts higher the entire day. Um, And felt like really strong um so nothing overly notable in the bike i i rode smart i rode strong i took in nutrition um my bottle i think i had a hundred hundred grams of carbs in it i had a 90 gram gel um grabbed water from the aid stations and like fueling felt great i felt phenomenal um but one thing that shocked me is that the bike felt slower than what it was supposed to be um, I definitely rode slower than what you put in my training peaks, although yeah, you just, had it at 88 K and it ended up being like right at 90. So yeah. that was a factor as well. Yeah. I, I found it wasn't crazy fast day. Cause like I've pushed, I did like whatever, 235, 237 on mine and I've pushed less power in the past and gone 230 and a half there. So just maybe it wasn't that fast of a day. Like there was wet roads for a bit and a bit of wind on the highway. Like some days it's just not that fast conditions. And- the, it was it was very weird where the time didn't match. Number one, I was feeling phenomenal and my power was over power um, to the point where when you were loading my bike in the car, you're like, was you, did you have a brake on? I was like, no, I was actually biking my heart out. Thank you. <laughs> I had at least out bike me on one of my loops. So. <laughs> no, um, but no. So I did bike hard and I was I was proud of my performance. Like, obviously, I wish it was faster, but did the best that I could and felt great um did my little flying dismount and um went on the run and again um you were very strict with me um because my goal was to run sub 130 so you said no slower than 410 per kilometer for the first 6k no faster than 410 yeah sorry i wouldn't put a cap on (laughs) you gotta hold pace that high it's preferably go out at 350s no so I I started going out and I actually was just like holding myself back and it was feeling boring. So I was like, whoa, this feels good. And it wasn't like I felt amazing. I just didn't feel bad, if that makes any sense at all. Um, So I was like, I'm just going to settle right in. Um, I had no idea where I was, um, but there was from the way that um, what the comments that the guys were saying as I was passing, um, I felt like I was probably in a decent spot in the race. Um, and then I ran into Allison's husband who asked if I wanted to know where I was. And he said, you're third, the girl in right in front of you is second. And first is about two minutes up the road. So I just slowly started hunting them down. Um, I feel like I was really, really consistent in my pacing. Um, I held about, um, four Oh fives for the majority of the race. Um, the only time that I wavered on my pace is my heart started doing that thing right at the very end. And I'll give a bit of an update on that in a moment. Um, but I was able to manage it and it was fantastic. Yeah. 
Nice. And you got to break the tape again. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I won. It was fantastic. It yeah, was a... And the trombone video. So cool. Yeah. Broke the tape. Second tape. So now you got another one that we got to put on our wall here at home. Mm-hmm. It's you. So the really interesting thing with this race is that in the last kilometer, I had all the symptoms of that heart misfire that I had in the marathon. And I was able to stop it. And this was the very first time that I was able to stop it. I just needed to slow my pace way, way, way down. So my last kilometer is the slowest one, which was unfortunate because it's like downhill into a crowd. But I was so worried that this would happen and it would force me to walk. Um, So I was really, really excited that I was able to manipulate that. And since then, I've gone for an echocardiogram. I've gone for a stress test. I've gone for a bunch of heart imaging and the feedback that I'm getting is there's absolutely nothing wrong with my heart. They think that it's a uh, misfire with just some of the levels of it's an electrical misfire. So continuing to figure all of that out, but very, very happy that the basic wiring of my body is in good shape and that they're fully clearing me to race and go hard for Kona, which is to find the right balances for what uh what those nutrients in there need clearly yeah which might just come from some sweat testing and some other testing like that that we might get optimal stuff so be interesting if anybody has any interesting thoughts on that that they'd recommend shoot us a message too because we're we're going to trial and error a bunch of stuff till we figure this out so hopefully not too much error but yeah yeah, we'll trial it out but Mm. yeah i was i was happy with my day um it didn't take too too much out of me only because you didn't have me going at my max. The focus is really on Kona. So I'm proud of the day and I'm excited for what's next. Nice. And are you excited for this Kona block coming up? Because you got some big weeks coming up. Yeah, I really am. I've been loving training this year. It's been wonderful having so many people training for Ironmans around me. You've kept the training really, really interesting. I've focused really, really hard on minimizing stress in all of the different ways in my life. So I'm finding I'm absorbing it beautifully and feeling healthy and strong. And that just feels great. Like yeah. I'm not pushing my limits. I'm able to hit every session, recover, and just have fun with it. So this like, is, heck yes, I'm excited. It's yeah, great. That's, a, that's a key take home for people is I think people go a little too far with Ironman training and overcook themselves. Like Jim had said in his episode too, like this is the first time where I felt like I, had the right mix where I could actually absorb all of it and I could go into the next week. And I'm like, I didn't hate that. I'm not shattered. I'm not like, sure. I have some fatigue, but once I have a good sleep and an easy day, like I'm back to life. It's not this, like you can't dig the grave too deep or you don't get to come out of it. So no. Yeah. I think that's a big learning for people is you don't need to go that deep. Just be consistent over a bunch of weeks of decently challenging, but absorbable training. And that's, what's going to be, get you in the best spot. And not be overtrained and not injured. Well said. And I think that's why I'm looking forward to it because I trust you and I know you're not going to overtrain me. Like if I felt like I was going into a block where you were just going to run me ragged, I think I'd be dreading it, but mm-hmm. it's going to be fun. You're going to challenge me. Mm-hmm. And I, one thing that I love is that every Ironman block, you almost try a little bit more and you keep throwing the kitchen sink at Allison and I, and we absorb it and we keep getting better. Yeah, you got to earn you guys had to earn the right to get there. I wouldn't have thrown you maybe as intensive stuff even last year and then you earned the right to to test the limits a little bit more, but it's still like 
I know I'm not trying to take you to the brink and nope. tell you break. Like I know, okay, we can do this and you probably could do an extra couple hours or a couple more intense workouts on top of that, but let's do a step below that. No. And we appreciate that. Yay. And hopefully our results in Kona will show that. They better. <laughs> no pressure. Oh. Well, this was a great episode. Congratulations well, hopefully again. The, on hopefully the listeners think so. <laughs> Listen, we do this for ourselves too. It's <laughs> great. I was actually looking forward to this. I was like, I'm just going to have a conversation with Mark tonight. This is fantastic. It's a date. I know, basically. So thank you for joining us. This was wonderful. Um, again, if you have any feedback, any tips um, on the heart thing, love to hear it. And in the meantime, we will uh, wish you all the best. Happy training. And we'll see you back next week with an episode. See you, everyone. Bye. Wow. How great was that? I always learned so much from these endurance icons. If you enjoyed the podcast as well, please consider liking us across social media, subscribing to us on YouTube, or giving us a five-star rating on wherever you listen to your podcasts. We appreciate you and your support so much. We wish you happy training, and we'll see you back next week.